welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, it has been a while, but we are back with another entry in our special episode series. This is episode six of our special episode series. I said that twice. I don't know how to write, apparently. Uh, this is where we go really in-depth on a topic, and today's episode, as you may be well aware of if you've listened to any of these other special edition episodes, will not run like our usual ones. Instead, we will be entirely focused on the topic at hand, and today's topic is the state of PlayStation. As you are aware, I am your host with the absolute most, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined today by returning guests, Gilbezi, Xbox's King Kitchens, and Justin PlayStation Supremacy Ruiz. Boy. Wow. That, Supremacy is a hot button word in uh, yeah. <laughs> 2021. I don't know. I almost fucking stopped myself, but then I was like, it's too late. I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it at this point. You are a you're a big PlayStation fanboy, so <clears throat> I like I this. prefer the word enthusiast. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, uh, you guys, I uh, brought you guys back. You were both on the uh, State of Xbox podcast, I believe, um, and I thought you guys did real well. So I was like, let's bring these these little boys back. These, these tiny- got a second interview. <laughs> Yeah, the second interview, exactly. Um, oh, no. What are the uh, oh. benefits again? Uh, there aren't many, uh, but we'll get, to the, we'll get to some of the benefits later uh, when we talk about our Patreon at the end of the show. Oh, your Patreon. <laughs> my, yeah, my Patreon. For- yeah, this is the charity right now. Yeah, you guys are, you're in here because you are patrons. Thank you. Or whatever uh listen justin has time crunch so let's not fuck around too much and let's go ahead and jump into the current state of playstation and uh how we got here so basically uh the ps4 launched in november of 2013 and came out swinging uh it launched at the price of $399, which was $100 less than its competitor, and uh, really capitalized on doing the opposite of what Microsoft was doing, and kind of touted itself as the place to play games, which really was in direct opposition to kind of how the PS3 started, where they you know came out on stage and laughed about needing a second job to buy a PS3. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which and is where they still, had like 18 different SD card slots on the... Yeah, God, man. That PS3, the, the launch of that thing was horrendous. And that clip of... Uh, was it Kaz Arai who said that on stage where he was like laughing about the needing the second job? That shit's so funny. But um, but yeah. And everybody so, forgot about it a few years later with the... Uh, oh, we have a console for you. It's called the Xbox 360. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow they outdid the second job line yeah oh, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to funny lines too mm-hmm. oh we <laughs> will good, there's a good jim ryan quote in there somewhere uh well so, you know speaking of jim ryan jim ryan took over for uh what was his name um wow oh my god what is his name prepared john playstation 
John Trent. PlayStation, you nailed it. I follow him on Twitter. What the fuck is his name? <laughs> Play, capital P, uh, Station. Sean Layden. Sean Layden. Sean Layden. That's what it was. So, uh, and that was right before 2019, I believe. But, uh, so yeah, he took over and then we launched the PS5 and that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, I guess the first place, uh, that I want to start with you guys is, um, how do you guys think that the PS5 has fared so far in comparison to the PS4? Hold the phone. Oh, I have audience participation. This is a little startup. This guy. I asked people, uh, on Instagram what their thoughts are on the current state of PlayStation. Got some real uh, insightful answers here. Let's see here. Uh, okay. Everybody's favorite uh, long lady, Crumkey, says none. Xbox bros for life. <laughs> With for life spelled exactly like you think it is. Uh-huh. I've got uh, Red Blue Blur, our Avengers fanboy, saying meh. He's uh, not, reputab- not a reputable source. I just want to... No, not... not, not yeah, not really. Um, I thought I'd throw him a bone, though. Uh, we got... Uh, I don't know. He's easy on Discord. I have no idea how to pronounce his Instagram name. Jarto. Uh, is Jeffrey Scissor Two. Mm. It's a made-up last name. <laughs> he says not as good as PC. Uh, let's see here. That guy. <laughs> a little positivity here from uh, our, our new friend Bryn, saying that's my girl right there. I don't know if she meant to spell girl with an O, but hey. She meant ghoul. It's what you expect from PlayStation fans. Very good. And, uh, yeah. We got a little, uh, Irish Avril Lavigne wannabe saying bad. Bad. Insightful there. <laughs> and, uh, ton- Yeah. Yeah, we got some insight there. And, uh, Tony. Tony? Tony? How do you say his Tony. name? Is it Tony? Yeah. Yeah, from, uh, Weed Europe. Uh, who misunderstood the question and gave a review of the PlayStation State of Play. So. <laughs> yes, I know how to do a State of Play. It's very good. Thank you. I'm going to chalk it up to um, Lost in Translation. Boy, you you nailed that one, Justin. That sounded just like him. Oh, what are you talking about, Tony, here? <laughs> Spicy meatball. Uh, but yeah, okay. Well, uh let's uh let's get your guys' thoughts on it like what we'll start with justin since he's the resident playstation fanboy as a playstation 5 owner um i have no comment no uh i think the start or the launch of the ps5 was bittersweet i guess i would say um i mean if you can get your hands on one that was terrific i think Barring all of what happened this year, we kind of got to a point where it was really, really difficult to get any kind of new technology or any kind of consumer electronics out there. But uh, I think from a marketing perspective, from a kind of hype perspective, they really did do a pretty good job here. I think they capitalized on sort of the success of the PS4, the install base of the PS4, really kind of leaned into their their catalog to basically say, Hey, we're the place that you want to play games, specifically our games. Right. And I think if you look at 
sort of how the PS4 launched, they sort of did the same thing, right? They, they wanted to be a place where, you know, players can play. But uh, I think the 5, I mean, again, like, like I said, if you could get your hands on one, it was awesome. But I think that the bitterness came from the fact that and anytime a retailer got one, it was scooped up by, by um, uh, I think the correct term is assholes who then resold them on the internet, but uh, it was it was really tough to get one of those things. Same with the Xbox, too. I mean, it was really, really hard. Um, in fact, I actually had to ba- basically ask a friend of mine to buy one. Then I drove to his house to pay him just so that I can get it and drove back. So, like, I mean, it was it was difficult. But, yeah, that's my take on sort of where, where and how it... Uh, how it launched this year or last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what about you, Mr. Kitchens? Uh, I bought it, played it, sold it. Oh, so, uh, (laughs) I've already had the full generational experience in, uh, in a few months. Um, you just did the speed route. Yeah, I did the speed. Hey, consoles done quick. But uh, no, it's good. I think we can get into it a little bit later. But I, th- I think really, if you look at how things went, I, I think Sony thought the generation was going to start this year. I really do. Um, I almost think somewhere around 2018 or 2019, maybe they realized Xbox was going to launch 2020 and they had to kind of rapid, uh, you know, fast track it. Um, we can get into that look instead a little bit more later, but it, it, Overall, it was a good launch. They, I mean, I think the numbers show it's their most successful. Uh, it's the most they've sold, most units they've sold. Even if you account for scalpers and all that, it's still like. And and it's crazy to think that if they had availability, they would have sold even more. So, yeah, that's. I think that's a huge point, right? Like they would have. They were aiming for. I think the original estimates were like 11 million by March. Yeah, it was crazy. Something along those lines, which, which I mean, again, they're they're running, you know, they're running their numbers. They know what they're doing. So in terms of demand, I'm sure they see the demand coming in. They see what's coming in from the player base, the communities, and and they're they're running their estimates. I mean, 11 million is a lot of units. I think when I think I have it written down here, but uh, when the PS4 launched, they sold 2.1 million units. And from November 2013 to December, and then the following month in January 2014, they doubled that. They sold 4.2 million. So almost in the span of like six months, they were looking to do you know a hell of a lot more than just you know 4.2 million, more than double that. So it is. It's it's pretty wild to see the the sort of demand that comes in. And I wonder I wonder if it happens to be due to the fact of, like, the new games that, or not just new games, but, you know, the software that was coming out from first and third parties. And then also, I think that the other big aspect this time around was you have two different SKUs of the console. You had a disc version and a discless version, which at the beginning I thought I really wanted the discless version. I ended up getting the disc version instead. Uh, and I feel like I made the right choice there, but um, still, I mean, a console that stripped out a major piece of technology in favor of price and was 
still pretty, I think was still priced pretty right for what that machine was. But, you know, you, you had two SKUs out there. You had a, a lot of interesting new points or aspects about this launch, which were very different from prior launches. So I think, th- I think there's a lot of weird things that play into this whole situation. Um, but I do think they came out pretty favorably given the circumstances that that were that were around especially like now with the chip shortages and shipping and supply chain problems that are out there like it it's i'm sure it's a nightmare for both sony and microsoft when thinking about like oh we got to get more of these boxes out and there's so many problems yeah for sure 100 percent uh so um, I guess the next, cause I, I really don't have anything more insightful to say other than what you guys have already said, to be honest with you. Um, I guess, is there anything that you guys can point out that has really gone wrong for, well, no, we'll save that. We'll save that because I do think that we'll get into that here in just a second. Uh, so right now, you know, obviously the PS5 you said was, uh, I, th- I think you said this, if, if not, it's outpacing the PS4 at the moment. Um, the high demand, the, the manufacturing shortages really kind of haven't slowed it down, even though it's consistently sold out and you can't really get your hands on one still. Um, but I think that really where PlayStation is sitting right now is kind of in a poor position. And that's because of where they're at PR wise. Um, How do you guys feel about from a, I guess from a outsider's perspective, because we, we we're not board members. We don't know how people actually feel about the brand at the moment, but like Uh, as for yourself. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, But as, no, As people sitting from the outside, like what, how has your perception of PlayStation changed since the launch of the PS5? I think the thing I was thinking about is you said that in the intro that the PS4 started with an opposite approach to what Xbox did. And I think in reality is Xbox went and changed and did some dumb stuff. And Sony kind of just kept to the status quo. And if there's one thing I'm seeing right now, it's that they just kind of expect to just keep doing the same thing. Right. They built put out more powerful hardware. They're going to put out more advanced games. And that's kind of the plan. Yeah. Um, they don't really want to change. They don't really want to adapt. They just want to kind of keep doing their thing. And if for the most part, it works. I mean, it's worked so far. I don't. It's not like they should necessarily be criticized for that. But it's kind of revealed that they're not they're a little more stubborn than I think some people might think or have thought when it comes to change. Yeah. And that's, I mean, to echo that, like this is a company that traditionally has rarely ever pulled back the kimono, right? Like they, they do not, they're not like a sharing type company. They, they really keep all the information. They keep all the data and all that to, to themselves. They don't really like to be in a position where they have to, sort of play nice with other people. And I think that really, realistically, everybody shouldn't be too, too surprised with sort of the behavior of them 
because I feel like, like to what Gobizi was saying, like they're running the same playbook that they've always run in the past. It's always worked for them. It's just sort of like the playbook goes in and out of favor. <laughs> like just like yeah. the way people think about it, it goes in and out of favor versus Xbox, who's taking. I think more like innovative leaps and strides. And when they, when they fall, they may fall hard, but when they win, they win big, you know, like they take, they take a little bit more bigger gambles and maybe that's because they have, you know, maybe they have a bigger pocketbook than most other companies. They may have a little bit of a bigger budget and, you know, it's good backing on them, but still, I think you look at, PlayStation, it's always it's it's always like stay the course, don't don't shift, don't change. We'll make we'll we'll make our tweaks and adjustments here and there, and you can kind of see that with like their acquisition strategy. But they make tweaks and, and adjustments, and then that's it. Like they just keep chugging along. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Uh, I, How, however, you, to get back to your point, though, I mean, like it, it's so from a PR perspective, like what you said, I mean, Jim Ryan is just like, I think I said this on the last time, like forget like foot in his mouth. Like he put like an entire like pickup truck in his mouth at this point. Like, I mean, he, he equated Gran Turismo to like, you know, like why would anybody want to play those old games like PS one and PS two games? They look ancient was his pretty much his exact quote, but like, you, you look at something like that, you hear somebody say something like that as the leader of this, this organization, like, come on, man, like, take some pride in the history of your, your catalog here. Like, yes, those are ancient games. They may not look appealing comparatively to now, like, our standards now, but they're still, like, they were still hot sellers when the PS1 and PS2 were out. They were still, like, the pinnacle of what a racing game should look like at, the, at those times, right? Like, so take pride in that and say, like, we're building upon what, you know, Gran Turismo, you know, laid the foundation for in our early state, you know, like, whatever it is, like, somebody should have coached him on how to, how to maybe appreciate your brand a little bit more. It's kind of like when, uh, I don't know how many people actually know this stuff, but like when John Scully took over Apple, and eventually pushed Steve Jobs out because of, you know, just certain disagreements. And it was, I don't think Sony's going to be that disastrous, but it's kind of like you have a guy who knows numbers. He knows how to sell things. He knows how to look at what's selling and, and analyze all that, but he doesn't understand why people buy the product. He just knows what they're buying. Does that make sense? Like right, right. they've taken, they've removed the, the person and this is all kind of metaphorical, like in the case of Apple, it was like Steve Jobs. They've removed the person who has the vision and understands what makes the product special. And they've replaced him with somebody who just understands the numbers. And that's kind of where Sony is at right now. And again, I don't think it's going to be quite that disastrous. I don't think they're going to go quite that low, but it's just it seems like he it's like, well i think somebody pointed out a while ago and I, I started noticing it that if you ask him if anybody asks him in an interview what are you playing right now he's conveniently playing the new game <laughs> like the guy does not play games at all he doesn't understand it at all he's total business guy and that's fine there's room for that it's just it doesn't look good from the outside looking in 
Right. Whereas yeah. if you asked that same question to Phil Spencer, he he would say like, "I ran a raid in Destiny." Like, you know, yeah. like he would say something along those lines, right? He's more. There was a there was an interview I was reading with, or it wasn't an interview, but it was somebody that was like following Phil Spencer for a day, kind of shadowing him. And it was at some event. I can't. It was a few years ago. But as he was there, he was talking to some of the media and he was kind of looking around because he had invited a couple of his friends who he met in Destiny years before and they play every night. And he had invited them there and he was going to meet up with them. And it's like, you can tell from little things like that that it's somebody that's playing the game. Like, you know, it's exactly what you're saying. And there's just a difference there, not necessarily in the end result. I don't know what the end result's going to be, but it's just a perception issue. I don't know what you do. So, so one he thing to that guy, and he was like, he was like, "Why did you move when those monsters were there in that one room where you're supposed to be quiet from Destiny <laughs> Two? You know which one? That's right. Talking yeah. About? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I so oh, I think I can do my Phil Spencer, where he's like, "Hi, I'm I'm Phil Spencer, and I'm here to talk about the Xbox." Is that pretty good? Yeah. You're ready to go on SNL right now. I I really am. Um, One thing that I wanted to bring up because you had actually, you had brought it up is uh, that Gran Turismo quote. So he, uh, Jim Ryan did an interview with, was it Forbes? No, it was with Axios. Okay. So he said that he was just trying to Axios. (laughs) Yeah. He was trying to or he said that he was trying to say at the time just how great the PS4 version of Gran Turismo Sport looked and he was comparing the two and he wasn't necessarily trying to disrespect the heritage of Gran Turismo or not Gran Turismo of PlayStation in general which I can totally see uh like I I can I can sympathize with that I think that that's a real dumb way to fucking go about doing it, but like I can understand and maybe next time don't say stupid shit. Good uh, policy. Yeah. But I, I think the, the more interesting quote to me is the, the one about, you know, we believe in generations because I feel like given the context of where we're at with, the way that they're rolling out exclusives and stuff like that uh, is a way more interesting quote to kind of talk about. Does that make sense? I think it's a quote that made sense when he said it from their perspective and then things changed. It's one of those unfortunate quotes that's just on the record that he just kind of has to deal with now. There's no getting around it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think when he said it, no, continue. No, I, I just think when he said it, that's that was vaguely true. I mean, obviously, the fact it's not like they managed to whip out a PS4 version with no preparation. I mean, I would imagine most of these games began development on a PS4 in general anyways. So it was possible. But it, I think when he said it, that was a true statement from what their strategy was. Just things changed. It's kind of, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like when uh, when they first announced the Xbox One X, they were talking about how it was going to be VR ready. And then that just kind of got dropped 
and now they're on the next generation console and it has no VR. Like, it's just, you know, sometimes you say something and it's true when you say it, but then it kind of goes away. Yeah, Yeah. tough to keep to your word. I think a lot of people just, I think a lot of people just misinterpreted that quote. He's just actually a really big Pepsi fan. He believes in the taste of a new generation. That's what was supposed to come out, I'm pretty sure. Um, Don't quote me on that, but that's what I think. Oh, okay, good. So I, I am of a... I'm of the mindset that I think that when that quote was said, it was a jab at Xbox because it was around the same time that Xbox was talking about all their backwards compatibility efforts and people were being like, Sony, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do this? And he was like, no, nah, we, we believe in generations. So like, I don't necessarily think that it was that they were trying to backpedal if that makes sense more so that it was something that he said off the cuff because he saw what xbox was doing and i mean to be fair playstation has been eating xbox's lunch for how long now i mean yes it's it's been a long time since since the xbox was quote unquote on on top and so you say stuff to like take jabs at your your rival when you can and i think that that's really what it ended up being was he was just trying to downplay what xbox was doing at the time um yeah but with that said i think that like you can't take a look at what they're currently doing where they're i mean it was listed on the uh i think the korean rating board or something like that the uh Dark Souls being on PS4. So, like, literally the only PS5 that you'll have as an exclusive, if that comes to fruition, will be Ratchet and Clank. And that's something... Oh, Demon Souls. Demon Souls, right? Yeah, Demon Souls. I said Dark Souls, didn't I? Um, yeah, it's good. They're, really, they're interchangeable. Yeah. It's I mean, same to me. More or less, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, th- that is frustrating for those of us who did buy into the ps5 like why did i buy this machine if you're not going to release games for it you didn't buy it for returnal no i didn't (laughs) you know well i think that's it's also i mean it's a product of the time right like if if i were in if i were in his shoes and i knew that i wasn't going to be able to get these you know, it's a difference, and I'll I'll start off a little bit differently. When you look at Xbox's strategy, they have a subscription service that offers, you know, the the player thousands of different options. Right? You can you can boot up Game Pass, and you have a ton of different options at your disposal. You can play something new. You can download something old. You can jump into that. You don't need, you don't necessarily need the new box, but if you get the new Xbox, you still have both capabilities there. If you cannot get a new Xbox, you still have this service, right? It's still available to you. And if you're Sony and your whole purpose is to sell new boxes, because in conjunction with that, you have to sell software at 60 or $70 a pop. Instead of trying to 
push a subscription service, you're in a, you're in a situation where you're saying, well, shit, my highest margin product, I'm not going to be able to even sell because I can't get boxes into people's hands. Their, their strategy relies on selling PlayStation 5s. So at this point, I, I think there, there was a, a pivot. There had to have been a pivot at some point to say, like, we need to put these out on the old boxes because the install base is like a hundred and something million PlayStation 4s versus 8.2 million PS5s. Even if these games are quote-unquote exclusive to one platform, we have to open it up at this point because we still have to sell software. And that's really where the bread and butter is. So I think there, there had to be a quick pivot there. There probably had to be a business decision at some point where they said to themselves, this is not looking good from a production standpoint. And if we really want to make numbers, if we really want to sell... Maybe Demon Souls comes to PS4. Maybe at some point, you know, or I think Miles Morales. I don't know if Miles Morales launched. I think it did launch on PS4. But yeah, it did. But you know, they, they have to make these quick decisions and say like, what what can we port backwards, or what can we port to the last generation of consoles quick? Because if we can't get this in people's hands, we're going to be stuck with a digital storefront that people are going to look at this game and say like. Well, I wish I had a PS5, but they're damn near impossible to get, and I can't play Demon's Souls, and I might as well just go back to playing Fortnite, you know, like, or I might as well go back to playing whatever, you know, Miles Morales or something like that. So it's a, that's a tough situation to be in. Not to defend um, them too, too much. <laughs> yeah, I, my, my only pushback with that is, is that you're getting you're still getting 30% from all the stuff that you're selling on PlayStation anyway. So like, unless it's a first party title, obviously, and then you're recouping everything. Right. Right. But so like, even, even if we don't want to talk about the stuff that's happening like currently, right? Like if we don't, if we don't care about say, let's just for, for the sake of like thought exercise or whatever, uh, let's just say that everything that is currently a quote unquote PS five exclusive was actually cross gen. That's <laughs> fine. What happens when horizon comes this fall or I mean, if it comes this fall or God of war, presumably next year, why is it that those game, I think, uh, Colin on, uh, CLS or, uh, sacred symbols or whatever has said that, uh, Horizon 2 started as a PS4 game, so like maybe that's maybe that's a little bit different. But like God of War next year, they've known about the PS5 since I have to assume that game launched in 2018. Like they had to have known, so that game didn't start development as a PS4 game, and they're going to port it backwards now. Like well, I just I don't think that we can justify like the whole, like we have to placate a player base that already exists, but you have a player base on your PS five as well. Like, and if there's no reason for them to own the console, why are they going to buy the console? Well, I think for one thing to say that, you know, how are they able to port it back? I think it's one thing to remember that they're now putting games on PC and PC games have to be much more scalable. So Mm, yeah, I mean, they're going to be running on console or PCs that could be less powerful than a PS4. So 
if they're keeping that in mind anyways through development, you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, at some point you do have to incentivize people to actually get the new console. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's one of those things you just kind of have to wait and see how it all shakes out. Yeah. And how, and how, what the, what the difference is like, okay, well, when horizon comes out on both consoles, does it run at like 15 frames on the PS4, the base PS4 and like 30 on the pro, like wh- what does it actually look like? You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. could I, be, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's fair to say, like you, you do have enough, you do have an, a, enough, like, almost like <laughs> frames or like frame rate snobs out there who are just going to like look at this and be like I want the I want the best experience I can get on my new PlayStation. Like you'll get that kind of crowd that will undoubtedly want to upgrade at some point, but I think it it really is it's a tough conversation to have because like you and it's tough to defend them in that way cuz you know the four the the Pro was released the PS4 Pro is still a really great machine and it's still really useful but like you know playing like playing the playing ratchet on ps5 i know the difference i can feel it like the controller feel is amazing like that game is awesome it is so good and i i that would be the one thing where i'd sit there and say like this is what's going to keep me engaged with this system for a long long time like i i don't know if they necessarily need like every every first party game at this point to be like a PS5 exclusive like they do have to sort of you know sell into a, a, a player base that does exist who's maybe just not ready to upgrade at this point maybe they do maybe they see the upgrade point at like a you know the next year's Madden or you know whatever new shooter comes out maybe that that's where they see that point and they save themselves like well, I'm not going to go to Xbox because my friends list is all PlayStation. Like maybe they'll stick with wherever the community is or whatever, what community they listen to it or not listen to but play with is like that, that could be the issue. But like I look at one or two of those titles and I, I sit there and say, this is where I think I want my future of gaming to be with and whatever they put out on this machine will work. It's hard to say that because I have one. <laughs> so like it's, it's easy for me to sit here and say like that game's awesome and everybody should go play it and nobody can even get the, the freaking thing. So it's, it's hard to even just pick it up. But I guess like Gilbezi said, it's like, it's really a wait and see situation for them. And I'm sure they're not, they're like, they're not twiddling their thumbs, but they're also, I don't think they're like feeling too like cool right now. Like they're probably like hot, like, hot under the collar of like shit we got to move more of these systems and it really is i mean the the wait and see is i mean it's it really is the whole thing because it's now all coming into view on the xbox side where they announced early on yeah we're going to support the xbox one for at least a year or two and now we're seeing that the end result of that is that they're bringing x cloud to that generation where a game like flight sim is coming out on the series consoles only but you can play it on last gen through xCloud. And so there's that kind of a, you know, they were ex- expanding the lifespan or extending the lifespan of the last gen until they could get streaming on there so that that stays a viable option for people who want that. 
Whereas on PlayStation, they're just extending it to who knows what, because nobody wants to stream from PS now because it's not great. And like, they're not even saying they're going to be doing that anyway. Like, it's just, you don't know what the strategy. Even to harp on that too, just the fact of like transparency, you know, like my, like Xbox is, is just being transparent about their plans with everyone. They're not like, you know, again, this is sort of like that Sony playbook of like, we'll, we'll tell you when it's done, you know, that yeah. kind of messaging. At least Xbox is like, listen, this is the roadmap. This is, this is what it's going to look like, which I, you, you have to sit there and say, like, you have to appreciate that. That's really yeah. solid of them. And I was reminded the other day when the, the new OLED switch was announced, and there's all this speculation and rumors and leaks and everything of like a pro model. And then there's this thing that comes out and people are like, well, there's still a pro model and nobody really knows what's going on. Um, I thought back to when the One S was announced. And when they announced the Xbox One S, they also announced Project Scorpio, which would be the One X. And when asked about it, he was like, OK, why are you putting out a you're putting out this? slight nothing upgrade kind of just a repackaging and then you're announcing the next one and Phil was just like I want people to know what they're spending their money on if you just want a 4k blu-ray player now you can get the 1s if you want the more powerful console it's coming up maybe sit on your money and I think when the 1x came out they did the same thing where they started talking about Project Scarlet which is the series consoles and it was it's very straightforward and saying, OK, you can spend your money now or you can wait. We're going to do something down the road, just being open about it. And you're not seeing that from other companies, including Sony. And it would be nice to know what their plans are so you can actually make your own plans. Scorpio wins. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I I think the the probably best way to continue this conversation is given, given what we've talked about now, right. Uh, with the, um, with where they're at in terms of their PR and stuff. I mean, we have to talk about their output as, you know, as a game publisher or whatever. Uh, and, and whether or not those games have been speaking for themselves. Cause I think that, uh, for a lot of people, they have some people like myself. I don't necessarily think that they have because, again, I'm of the mind that they've released a, what like maybe three games worth a damn on the the PS5. Um, and I, the way I guess I want to bring this up and and talk about this in a more coherent way is I want to talk about the whole indie situation that has been going on. Uh, I don't know if you guys have read the articles from Kotaku or, yeah. uh, or whatever, but um, the Sony not being able to play very nice with their indie devs has got me a little concerned for their health, frankly. Um, Cause as we all remember going back to a, even the late PS3 with like stuff like uh what what do they used to have like the PlayStation loves indies or whatever yeah um that sort of thing and that seems to have gone by the wayside uh and i i tend to be of the mind that that is going to hurt Sony in in the long run um cuz it does not look 
I don't know. What what are your guys' thoughts about this? Because I think that it's bad, personally. Real quick, before we leave the, the, the marketing PR side of things, can we talk about this ad they posted yesterday that they had to take down? Did you guys hear about this? No. Sony posted an ad on their Twitter of like just a guy coming home, sitting down, playing God of War on his PS5, uh, and they had to take it down because in the ad, the PlayStation 5 is upside down. Oh my! It's laid vertical, but it's the wrong way. <laughs> like it's not even on the stand, right? Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty on brand at this point. I mean, which apparently I found out at some point. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, apparently uh, Herman Holst, who's the PlayStation Studio head, also tweeted a video last year of the PS5 the wrong way because even he got confused. So that's pretty good. I mean, it's oh it's a symmetrical work of yeah. art, so it is very hard to confuse. Yeah. I will spin anything. So symmetrical. A positive light. I will. I can do it. Trust me. <laughs> um, Boy, this. Guy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I mean, I don't really have much to say other than you know that's really threw my whole world upside down, but. Uh, I don't know. As as to the indie thing, the only thing I can really say is that um, I don't know. The PlayStation Store kind of so I don't really know. <laughs> like if it's if it's an indie problem or a the PlayStation Store kind of sucks problem. Not that really any of the storefronts are all that great. All console storefronts are just not that good. But I don't know. It's still early. That that store on the PlayStation Five feels pretty. Rough. You can't even find stuff if you want to find it. It's so. It's, I, I not only is it bad, it feels lazy. Like it just feels like oh, whatever. Like here's here's your slew of games. Like I guess they're on these like boxes, and you can just like look at them. Like whatever. Like it's just got this like blase. Like somebody just like you know, decided to take puzzle pieces and, and said, like, I'm finished and it's just all wrong. But I, I, the, the whole Indies thing, like, yeah, Josh, I agree with you, man. Like that, like hearing that is disappointing, especially coming yeah. from, uh, coming from the, the like Indie Haven, you know, like from the PS3 era and the PS, even into the PS4, they were definitely seen as like, Hey, we'll feature these cool indie games. And even from yesterday's state of play, you could see some of these like these indie titles that are getting that are getting showcased or, or whatever it is. But I, I think you know y- you have a company here that focuses on selling their first party items, right? So th- they they already have a bias right then and there to say like, "Hey, the marquee it's Ratchet and Clank," or you know like it's a slow week, so we're gonna push Returnal because. You know, this is a first-party title. This is only something you can get on, on the PlayStation. And even with the amount of indie games that come out, it is very hard to showcase some of the best of breed. And I think Steam runs into this problem a lot too, where where you sit there and you can go through countless pages of games and see like, like is this worth looking into? Like you click into it, you see like a two-minute trailer, and you kind of know then and there like. I'm not really into this 2D side scroller. Like, I'm not really into this city builder that's, you know, still in early access or whatever it is. So I think PlayStation is, you know, they're focused on selling games, right? They're focused on selling software. And at some point, 
I think some of the magic there is like you got to take some things off the menu in order for people to make a choice. And, and that could be some of the mindset that's there. Like I always use the analogy of like you could have a menu that's, you know, a thousand items long, but, you know, somebody can always just turn around and go to a different restaurant, you know, like there, there is that aspect of it. But yeah, like hearing this is just it's like a kick in the teeth. Like you want them to work well with indie indie devs because you want them to showcase like the best of what, you know, developers can make. Especially coming from, these are the same people that put out uh, Rocket League for free when that game launched on, you know, as a PS Plus title. Like, that was awesome. I, I sunk tons of hours in the Rocket League. But, you know, like, now we're, we're hearing these horror stories of, like, yeah, they're, they're nightmares to work with. And PlayStation kind of sits there and, and I think maybe, like, adjusts their monocle and is just like, Indies? Oh, I, I don't need Indies. I've got Ratchet and Clank, the only game you need to play. Like, it's sort of that kind of... By the way, here, have some director's cuts. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. Of a game that was so polarizing. Was it? Oh, just wait for the last of us director's cut. Right? That's what I'm saying. Was what polarizing? Death Stranding? Oh, I thought he was talking about game... uh, Ghost? Tsushima. Yeah. No, everybody agreed that that game was just okay. Uh, okay. It was a really, 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 really good Ubisoft game. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll move on. It was on Assassin's Creed Japan the way I wanted it. Is this breaking? <gasps> I got to write haikus. <laughs> I chased some foxes. <laughs> so many cute little boys. I feel like we just made a haiku from the three of us making those things. But, but kind of going back to what I was saying about the store and what I said a little bit earlier made at the beginning, um, it really feels like I almost wonder if, if you went to 2017 and asked Sony when they thought the next generation was going to start, I think they would have said 2021. I think they saw... The, the PS4 Pro as a mid-step. And then because the Xbox One X came out a year later, I think they said, okay, so if that's the middle of the generation, we've got another four years. Okay, and then somewhere around 2018 or maybe 20, early 2019, they started to realize, okay, this thing's coming out in 2020. Yeah, probably 2018, I would say. But this, this thing's starting to come out, and that's why you've got this thing launching with like a an RIEY that seems like a lot of ideas that don't really come together. I, I know, uh, I know Josh, you've talked a lot about like the, the trophies system is just buried and that's a thing they seem to want to surface, but it's like on PS five, it's like buried turning the thing off takes forever. The, you know, it has technically an M.2 slot for an expandable storage. It doesn't work. There's reports coming out that like, if you put anything in there, the console overheats because the cooling system they put in there was not, it was just kind of brute force and it's not really a great cooling system, which is what it looks like the whole console was built to do. Um, you know, the, the mixed messaging on games coming out, the weird store issues and things like that. I really feel like they kind of got caught a couple years ago and they had to shift their timeline up and just start kind of putting things on hold until after launch because it, it, it's something, something feels off. This is not a company that should have a launch like this. Yeah. It, it feels very like, 
not ready aim fire, but ready fire aim. Like, yeah. it feels a little bit like that. And it shouldn't, especially from, you know, like, this is this is the other major player of of the big three console makers, right? Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. This is one of the big three. Like, to, to sort of be in this situation just feels very... It's like half-baked, right? Like, that's sort of the way I think we can look at it. Yeah, I I mean <clears throat> that's definitely the way I'm looking at it is it it I I don't know I mean maybe maybe BZ is right where maybe it's one of the things where like they just caught caught with their pants down thinking this was coming later than it actually was but it almost feels like it the company doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. And I I know that they do because I mean look at the PS4 it just like they they knew what they were doing then and I don't really know that much has changed outside of people like um you know Jim Ryan taking over uh well again with the PS4 like I think it not not to denigrate the console but I think one of the big reasons it came out so successful was cuz it was $100 cheaper than the Xbox and it was just a game machine. The messaging was just, here are some games. But it's not like it was like, I think if Xbox had their had everything together, it might not have done as well as it did. Because if you go back and look at the launch years, the first couple of years of PS4, it's not that great. Like, Drive Club, really? Was that the, was that the one? Like, it's... it's there weren't that many things. In fact, I remember listening to podcasts at the end of the, the year every year and people were like, eh, there's not really a reason to get a PS4 yet. And there was one guy like Killzone. What about Killzone? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Hey, it looked pretty in footage. It um, cool. <laughs> it looked real cool. It had that you could you could swipe the drone with the touchpad. And yeah, and you know what? In Infamous, you could sh- turn the turn the controller sideways and shake it like a spray paint can. So oh, that was cool. That game was so good, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean they had they had good stuff. They had good stuff, but I think if you compare the launch of that to the launch of the PS5, it's about equal. I mean, just in terms of like what's there, it's just the, there's so it's, it it feels like they could have just very confidently kept going forward, and they would have been fine. Like it wouldn't have been great, but they would have been fine. And instead, they're tripping over banana peels and stepping on brooms that are coming up and smacking them in the face. Like, <laughs> oh, by the way, the games are $70 now. Like, they just keep doing that. And then the indie stuff comes out. And then the, 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 the you know, the expandable storage is like, I don't know, that's missing. And then the, they're putting things on PS4. And like, uh, what's that one? What's that launch game that's not coming to PS4 that nobody played? The. What was that game called? I think uh, um, what you're looking for is all of them because nobody can get one. <laughs> well, that too. No, well, they, I don't know. It started with one of these games that nobody played that that was terrible. It was like a four player something kill something. It was the most generic kind of game ever. But that's coming to PS4. Like you said, Demon Souls looks like it's coming to PS4. Like Returnal and Ratchet are the only two exclusives, you know, and those are doing fine. I think they're reviewing well, but it just feels like they can't get it together. But does it? So here's the question that I have, and it's going to seem really strange. 
Does it seem like they're bulletproof? Like, I feel like th this company can, like, like you said, they'll slip on banana peels. They'll, like, walk into walls. But for some reason, it's almost like people are willing to just shrug their shoulders and, and say, like, oh, Sony. Like, you know, like, they'll just, they'll, like, forgive this almost lovable idiot and just. I think they are. Like, it, does it feel like that? I think they're safe, but not as the leader. I mean, it took them the entire PS3 generation to catch up against the console that was literally dying under people's TVs to the point that it was like a national scandal, the red ring, like, and it took them the entire generation to catch up, like, but they still did well that whole time. It's not like they were struggling. Like, I think Sony's fine. It's just, will they be the leader as time goes on and as the games are $70 and you look over at Xbox and you can get it a whole lot cheaper and then suddenly all these games start launching that are third party that are launching in there and you're saying, why am I paying $70 here? I could go pay a dollar over there and play it. Uh, or hopefully as games come out like Halo Infinite that people are like, that suddenly become things that people want to play and become the popular thing, you know, like Halo 3 was back in the day or whatever, like. I don't know if they're always going to maintain the lead, but I don't think they're going to go away because there's there are people I know who would never buy an Xbox, not because they have anything against it, but because they had a PS4 and they had a PS3 and they had a PS2 and then they maybe had a PS1. And that's just what they get. They don't even look for the news from the other things. They just get the PS new, whatever the new one is, because it's the new PlayStation and that's it. They're, they're always going to have that loyalty. Yeah, and I think so. So there's a few things. I remember speaking to some some former uh, PlayStation folks about this, and just people from the industry. I think a lot of a lot of that comes down to like, you know, where your friends list is. You know, like if mm. most of the you know if most of the people that you play with, and if you're playing mostly multiplayer games, if you're playing Call of Duty, and all those people are on Xbox you're most likely going to get one, you know, like you're going to stick with that. I think the big question then is like, well, how does this really play into the whole fact of like, okay, now crossplay is an option. Then if you really think about yeah. it, then it's just like, I might as well just get a PC because like, forget both of these things. Like I, I may as well just go for the, the one thing I can get. That's the most intense experience that I can find as opposed to just like, all right, you know, I can get Game Pass on a PC and most of these PlayStation exclusives are uh, bound to come to PC. So why don't yeah. I just get one of those? But uh, yeah, like I think I, I think like you said, there's sort of that like generational like this was my father's PlayStation and his father's before him. And now I continue to look for gold in the PlayStation Valley. Like it's sort of. <laughs> like that kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um well, uh I guess the the next place to I guess take it really is um where I mean where do we think that Sony is headed because uh, oh, that's I mean right question. now it is the, where they're headed I mean come on it's beyond hashtag okay. marketing hashtag Sony marketing hashtag PlayStation hashtag PS5 hashtag Justin hashtag this Justin hashtag paper trails 
You're the worst kind of person. I am a marketer. What can I say? Um, so listen, the uh, the PS5 is presumably on a even better trajectory than the PS4, right? Like, I mean, that's that's the way things are looking. Uh, we'll see how all that pans out. But um, what do you guys think that Sony really has to do in order to maintain the momentum that they presumably have at the moment keep making games yeah <laughs> I, so it it's weird because like you you know you talk about momentum and right now you know like I, I feel like you look at xbox and in every category they're putting the pedal to the metal right when it comes to mm-hmm. subscription service they are trying to beef that thing up as much as they can when it comes to cloud services, they are trying to get that rolled out as quick as they can. But when it comes to Sony, they, they're very, it's almost methodical, right? It's, it's this very calculated pace. And they don't want to just hit the gas pedal. They don't want to just like fire on all cylinders. They want to keep doing the things the way they, they want to do. And, and in some cases, it's benefited them. And I think at this juncture, it, it might not. And... To, the, to that point, like to what Gilbizi just said, like they have to keep making games. Like they have to keep making games. Like they have to keep make games that work with the dual sense that are really fun. They have to make first party games that you need to buy and you need to own a PlayStation to buy them. Like it does not seem like they're doing anything on the PS Now front. It doesn't seem like they're doing anything on like a cloud gaming front. And maybe that's just poor messaging on their part and they're. Maybe they're the ones sitting there smirking and saying, like, I'll wait and see, you'll wait and see. But, like, you know, everybody else is talking about this. I mean, for crying out loud, Google put out a solution for cloud gaming. Was it the best? Not. I mean, they that whole Stadia scenario was an exercise in, like, we're the biggest, so you have to buy us, and, and nobody did. But it, it's... <laughs> It really they they need to start messaging and being more clear with with their plans and and their executions as possible. Like if they continue to make games, great. They make great games. I love them. Most people seem to enjoy you know a, a one time playthroughs through most of their games. But if they want to be a contender and they want to not just carry out the momentum but to speed up. They have to start thinking about what their real strategies behind PS Now is. And, you know, they have a really amazing, solid install base on PS Plus. There are 47 million people that that pay into PS Plus and they get all the great perks from it. Right. Two games a month for free or not for free, but, you know, part of the subscription, um, you know, discounts on things, early access, whatever it is. Like, that's a great, you know candy with the medicine type model but like they're not doing anything on the ps now front and they could be collecting two subscriptions or they roll everything into one subscription and it makes sense from there i don't know but there's certainly no messaging behind it and everybody continues to sort of just like stay the course with that and maybe they're collecting enough that it doesn't matter but i I don't know i mean the, the as somebody who really enjoys their games i would like to see more sort of messaging come out from them to say like, hey, you know, we are looking at partnerships for uh, not just to make games because they are doing partnerships for games, but, 
you know, we're, we're looking at partnerships for cloud, for cloud solutions for games, or we're, we're looking for, you know, we're looking to, you know, create games that maybe only arrive on PS Now, and this is the only way you can get this experience, or you can get it early if you have a subscription to PS Now. Whatever it is, they just don't seem to be too chatty about anything. I don't know. And, and meanwhile, you have stories coming out that all has yet to be completely confirmed with its all but... Um, that Kojima might have gone to them with a game and it was going to be in internet-based, kind of half-cloud-based and all that. And then meanwhile, you have Microsoft now, or Sony turned it down, Google also turned it down, and then you have Microsoft stepping in and saying, no, we want that. And then they went and hired somebody who specializes in integrating cloud services and you know just network into gaming, presumably to work on that game. So they're going after that. Uh, and it, it kind of, it kind of almost sends a message that they're okay just putting out the same kinds of games. They don't really want anything too crazy. They just you buy your hardware, you put it, which is fair in some ways because you look at Microsoft and their primary business is network and software, and Sony is a hardware company. So you know you don't see them making those kind of crazy moves to put something completely online. But it, it, a lot of those things, like you're saying, is it's just. It's very non-committal. It's very we have it and it's here, and we'll kind of we'll put something. I mean, they put some good games in there yesterday. I think Red Dead Two came to PS Now the other day. Mm-hmm. Some other stuff I don't know, but it just never makes waves like Game Pass does. Even though there's a quarter of as many or half as many people subscribe to that, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's, it's just like I always feel like it's too little, too late. Like. The, the good thing, when the PS Plus collection for PS5 came out, I, I dove into that and I saw the list of games that they had. I would say around, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to sit here and, and give like a rough estimate, but like two-thirds or maybe a third of those games, right? Maybe 30, 33% of those games I had already played. There was probably yeah. another third of those games I was just generally not interested. And then there was probably a third of them that were in there that I said, I've never played these. I'll give it a shot. Why not? And I think that that's fair and fine and good because that makes me feel like I'm getting value out of the subscription. But like to hear that Red Dead 2 just came to PS Now now is, is sort of like, I mean, that game came out what? 2018 that was a 2018 title like these things need to start hitting either day one or you know like (laughs) like seven to ten years from now because like what's the point like this this almost like three to four year like okay now you can get red dead okay great that's awesome instead of getting it day one and finding value in the and finding value in the actual service it's just it's very hard to justify this service's existence if the value is so far the time frame is so far to get it or it's the time frame doesn't exist like there's no existence like it's just basically you have to pay full price for this game or you have to wait years before you can even get access to it and then we'll you know then we'll start talking about what we can put onto this onto this platform it's just 
these windows for these games or the, the time frame or time windows for these games is just it's pitiful like it sucks not to mention some of them you can get for free on ps plus like eventually some of these games just show up there like I, i'm not going to spend 70 dollars on returnal i'm going to wait for that thing to hit plus in yeah. i would say probably about 18 to 24 months from now so I, I don't know. The, the strategy behind a lot of that stuff is so strange. And, and I can respect the fact that they will market the hell out of a game and really put the backing behind it and say, you, you need to spend 60 to 70 bucks to get something like, you know, Spider-Man day one. It's not going to be anywhere else. This is the only way that you can get that game. And, and they'll sell the units. They will. That game will sell like and has sold like gangbusters. And that, that game probably shouldn't show up on PS Now, right? Because they'd still want to just sell and sell and sell at full price. So at some point, it's almost like, well, what's, why even have a subscription service then? What's the point if you're not going to support it? So I, I, just, I think a lot of it is just sort of this strange, like, we're in an experimental phase, but not really. I don't know. It's tough. And kind of you can, I almost wonder how much of it is... Uh... Okay, like Xbox is part of Microsoft and obviously Microsoft is a publicly traded company, but how much do those people actually, the investors really care about Xbox? Like how much are they saying, well, we need to do this or that or the other. As long as it's making money, do they really care? Right. Compared to Azure or whatever. Right. But on the Sony end, PlayStation is Sony. I mean, they make other stuff, but PlayStation is the big dog. And so I'm wondering if the reason... There's another question you have down here, further down on the, the outline, about should they go try to make big multiplayer games or anything like that. And I almost wonder if at some point the investors went to Sony and said, okay, we're seeing these games like uh, Grand Theft Auto or Fortnite or whatever, and they're making a ton. And we want to see why aren't the Sony games? They're making a lot of money, but they're stopping at $60. Right. There's not a tail on any of their games, really. Um, Do they have any real multiplayer stuff? No. Anything with like season passes or anything like that? Right. Like think about think about the the last of us. Yeah, it's all like it's all these first person. It's it's almost like it's weird to say this, but it's almost like this like MCU style. Like we're just going to make these blockbuster games that like. You kind of have to play day one, and then maybe you'll play it one or two times. Like, I played Uncharted maybe two or three times each title, but I wasn't going back to it, like, again and again and again, nor was I playing any of the multiplayer in it. But I did have a hell of a time playing it, you know? But I guess my point is, were they asked to maybe start looking at those kinds of games, which they are, I know there's The Last of Us, Actions or whatever, and I think that I saw that the Days Gone studio, their next game is going to be a multiplayer open world thing. But I almost wonder if they were hit with that, and then they said, "Okay, what if instead of making all our games that, because that's not what our audience is looking for necessarily, what if we just bump the price up to seventy? So now we're making more per game, and that's where the the the, the boost is going to come from. And then once you've done that." How do you then say, okay, but what if we forego this $70 in favor of subscription service that'll take a while to build? Like, 
you get you get my point. Like I I don't know if they're really in a position where they can convince yeah. the investors that we should jump on this. I don't know if they can do that at this point. It's tough because you can't. Like, w- would you want to? Like you sit there and say, like, I can get the $60 today instead of over the course of 12 months. What would you rather have? Right. Like, I mean, a lot yeah. of people would, would say, like, give me the 60 now. Right. So that's and again, they continue to sell games. So I think a lot of, you know, when, when the, the shareholders look at Sony and say to themselves, like, all right, you have these other you have other businesses, but games is is I, I don't remember what the percentage is, but I think it is the highest percentage of what. Sony's revenue comes from, I'm sure they sit there and say, like, as long as these games keep selling, keep selling them, you know, like it's it it, it works. The, the model works as opposed to, like you said, you know, Xbox being a part of Microsoft. I mean, they, they make the press release, right? They're on the press release. But, you know, when the analysts are commenting on that on that stock, they're not commenting on Xbox. They're they're saying like, yeah, you know, they stood. They're winning cloud contracts left and right with Azure. Yeah, like that's really where it's Xbox going. gets like a sentence. It's like, and Xbox is here, yeah. anyways. Right. We enjoy talking to that guy Phil. And I mean, you look at it. It's kind of the same conversation you have to have with the uh, acquisitions, where it's like you can't look at Xbox versus Sony. It's like when Xbox acquired um, Bethesda. And Zenimax. Everybody said, oh, what's Sony's response going to be? What are they going to do as if that's how business works? And it's like, <laughs> they just spent on one company the amount Sony made last year or last quarter or something. Like, they just spent, I think it was a whole, their year. That was their profit for the last year was the $7.5 that they spent on, on Zenimax. And it's like, X- Xbox can afford to play the long game with building something like Game Pass because they're such a small part of a bigger company that they can, that, that the, the money that goes into that is nothing. It's pocket change relative to Microsoft. Whereas on Sony, they got to be a whole lot more careful. They, they can't just decide to forego a bunch of money for three years from now when they ha- finally have enough subscribers that it makes sense. They have to, you know, they, they just don't have as much wiggle room. And, and- and I, I think, and both strategies are totally sound, right? You know, when, when you look at Microsoft pulling the trigger on Bethesda, yeah, I, I think $7.5 for that studio is probably a little maybe too rich for my blood. But, uh, you know, they, they, whatever, they ponied up the money. I, the rumors I always heard were that they were shopping that around for $10 billion and... I think nobody was taking it at that point, but uh, you know, I, I think you look at Sony's acquisition strategy, and and I don't think it's a bad strategy. I mean, you look at the studios that they pick up; they they don't spend a ton for quality, and I, I think you can look at something like Insomniac, you can look at Housemark, you can look at Sucker Punch or Media Molecule. Like they they picked up these names. For pennies on the dollar, I mean, the biggest yeah. one, I think, was Insomniac at $229 million. Yeah, it was like nothing. A quarter of a billion dollars they spent to get Insomniac. And I'm sure they've made the, you know, they've, they've gotten the return on that investment hmm. even further than, than they could have imagined. Like, that's, that's not just making your money back. That's growth. Like, that's straight yeah. growth. And that, I mean, they put out like, two, two and a half games in launch year. 
They put out Miles Morales and Ratchet and Clank and the half I'm going to count as the Spider-Man remaster thing. But like, yeah, for one, I mean, the whole reason to buy a PS5 right now is because of that whatever 200 million or whatever it was you said they spent. <laughs> That's the whole reason to buy their new console. So, yeah, it's it's about, you know, working smarter, not spending harder. And but, then Housemark was like, we're over here. Please buy us. Please, we're over here. Housemark, Housemark is, is one of those that it's like, oh, they didn't own them already? Okay. Right. It's like when, when Microsoft bought Playground games. It's like, oh, huh? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Same with Sucker Punch. It was like, yeah. I thought they already owned them. But, um, yeah. And, and look, they have, in the lineup of Sony Studios, they have a lot of really, really great names. And, and... Again, it comes down to like, you know, like what's the value in buying one of these one of these machines, right? Like what's the value in buying a PlayStation? Like I don't know, man. Like that Astro game was really good. That Spider-Man game is really fucking good. Like those games are good. Like I enjoy those and it's it it maybe speaks to me as like the player who will sit there and say, "I don't really care about multiplayer. I'm trash at competitive." Co-op is fun, but, you know, like my friends are getting older and they barely have the time, you know, to play co-op games. I barely have the time to play co-op games. But these single player experiences, hey, like there's really not much that you can't find a better game to swing around in than the the PlayStation version of Spider-Man. Like it is so good and especially let me tell you about let me tell you about the ps2 version of spider-man 2 <laughs> that game is you could do a loop-de-loop is still really good it's the only game that still has mysterio uh but yeah and it's it, what is is that true about spider-man 2 is that the only one with mysterio i mean he was kind of a joke in that one yeah there okay. are other trash spider-man games but it's the only one that counts. So, oh my god, I hate you so much. But it's a, it, it's it's almost weird because it's like, what are you a Beanox like <laughs> apologist? <laughs> Shattered Dimensions, yes. man, that's the one. I really Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man, where he tears Wolverine in half. That's where the real Spider-Man is. I don't know what you're talking about. But oh boy. It's weird because it's almost like the game Sony is making would be perfect for Game Pass. Because if you look at what Xbox is doing, <laughs> if you look at what Xbox is doing, they're going to try to be putting out a game like every month or two with how many studios they have. And a 12-hour single-player narrative experience is perfect for a game coming out every couple months. Right? I, I've played this game and now I'm going to move on to the next one. Instead, you're going to get the Outer Worlds 2, which is going to be 400 hours, and then it's going to be like a month later is going to come out uh, whatever the I can't remember the name of these games Starfield, and that's going to be a 700 hour game, and then they're going to put out Skyrim Redux, and then it's just I don't know, it's, it seems like they, they're perfect it's just they don't have the quantity to back it up I guess. The problem, the problem with that, because you're totally right the problem with that though is like that's when you sit there and say, like, how much does it take to to make like Ellie's face move like that? <laughs> you know, then it's like the production value of those games is so high that it's just like, 
man, really, I, I would really love to get a initial bump on this thing, <laughs> but it's, yeah, like you're totally right. Like this one and done sort of scenario would make sense for like a subscription service, right? Where it's like, I've consumed this now on to the next thing. And now I'm getting my value out of this, but yeah, <laughs> maybe if the production costs weren't so, uh, weren't and then you get stories that came out earlier this year where it's like, okay, well, people like this single player thing. So we're going to take these three other studios and put them on a remake of the other game because people liked that game. Or maybe we won't. I don't know. But we're definitely going to remake that game. That's not that old. You know, it's like. Yeah, you're saying they're acquiring all these studios. That's great. But what does it matter if four of them are working on The Last of Us? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think. And that's tough, because like when you're not. You know, when you're not in it or you're not hearing like the direct stories from, you know, who's in development there and kind of how they're they're pivoting for for games like it's it's difficult to say, like, why they went with a remake of the first Last of Us versus a sequel to Days Gone, even after Days Gone did totally fine sales wise. It reviewed really good. Like, you know, it didn't review like. No, I think it reviewed like incredibly, but it was totally fine. I think you did. I think they did piss off a lot of people in saying like, yeah, we're going to go this way instead of the other way. And that was I'm not even kidding. That was my favorite PS4 game of the exclusives. That was the one I had the most fun with. And then they came out and they were like, we're not doing it because of The Last of Us after I had just played The Last of Us Part Two. And it was like, OK, well, I'm done. <laughs> just Yeah. And it goes it goes back to what I was saying before, where it's like they're scared to innovate. And that's probably their biggest problem. They just kind of want to keep things going smooth. And that's it. And I wonder, too, if if you look at The Last of Us as like a sort of this has not become a PlayStation franchise, but a Sony franchise at this point where they're leaning into a show. And they're leaning into, you know, these two games. And then what could what could they do post that? Like maybe they're trying to build out a sort of almost like I don't want to use the word like metaverse, but but some sort of like larger than life franchise for this game that people can latch onto, Right. As opposed to like, well, do we make a sequel to this game that, you know, wasn't a smashing success, but. It wasn't also. It didn't set the world on fire. Like The Last of Us certainly set the world on fire. It won awards. People are talking about it. It did this, it did that, and that's not to say either neither that the game is good or not. But they, it, it got the attention that I think Sony wanted. And so, do they? Do they say like, well, do we lean into this thing that's that's clearly a winner, or do we take the gamble? And like you said, they're 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 not willing to roll the dice and we are going to get like a third last of us game. And guess what? I'm probably going to buy it because I'm a sucker like that. But you know what I've wanted to, what I've wanted bend to do something different. Yeah. I would have loved to have like, I love the idea of, of like a returnal. I think that's really, really cool. And one day I will get to that game, but you know, at the same time, they, they already got me hooked because I am going to get a third last. I would buy the third last of us game or, you know, I would consider buying a remake of the first one because, yeah, I did have fun with it. And, you know, that story is sort of compelling to a degree. And it'd be a long enough time for me to be like, oh, shit, yeah, that game was pretty good, right? I guess. But 
I don't know. I mean, they, they must have done the research at some point to say, like, this is a winning franchise and this is where we're going to place our chips. It just sucks that it's such a depressing franchise. It's almost, it, it's almost like that game is very polarizing, too. Like, that's not... Well, it's... it's you, you can't take The Last of Us... Okay, how do I put this? Halo is dumb sci-fi. And I say that as somebody who really likes Halo and the lore of Halo. Like, end of the day, it's a lot of... You can look at it and you can do anything with it. Whereas Last of Us is very specifically not that, right? Does that make sense? Like, you can only make... You can only tell certain kind of stories in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's grounded in its universe, right? Like, Yeah, they don't really have any properties that they could, like, transpose to other types of things, really. It's like if Chief showed up in Smash Brothers, would people really bat an eyelash, you know? Because it's almost like, yeah, he almost, like, belongs here, right? That would make sense. Yeah. Versus... But you put Ellie in there. Showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like, oh... Everybody stays away from the old man. What's what's Joel's ultimate smash? Like, he just gets hit in the face with a golf club? Like, come on. Oh, man, what if you could do that with Solid Snake? <laughs> just have Solid Snake just beat... Beat Joel. Oh, so good. The, it would be a showdown of the most depressing <laughs> video game protagonist. And then Sonic just runs by. He's like, hey, guys, come on. I want to spin. And Joel's like, I got nothing left to live for. They took Ellie away from me. My brother sucks. I lost my wife. I ran into a zombie and then ate my face. Like, yeah, I, I could see that would be, yeah, that would be. Actually, you know what? Put Joel on Smash. It's fine. <laughs> I don't. Hey, Josh, you done playing Tony Hawk? Yeah, Josh, uh, if you want to pick your head up off of the desk and join the conversation, by all means, please. We'd love to hear from you. So anyways, PlayStation sucks, man. Xbox rules. <laughs> In conclusion. Uh, I honestly, well, I don't even know where the fuck to go from here because that conversation lasted fucking forever. And we kind of went through your all your bullet points there. Went through everything, like all at once. That's um, the sign of a good, good outlined conversation, I would say. Well done, Josh. Oh, cool. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so I guess the one thing we can say is that where they've been really successful with consoles, you know, they just suck at making handhelds. It's just, what are they doing? Like the switches out there and they're just sleeping on it. Like they, they made the Vita. It was a piece of garbage. And I hate you so much. <laughs> I liked the Vita. I thought the ghost the Vita's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, I could see maybe the value in getting the PSTV to play Vita games, but as a handheld, it's just, I mean, it, you know, it's, what's the point? I don't know. Oh, I'm just messing with you, Josh. I'm just messing with Josh. Um, it deserves to be shut down. That's what I'm saying. I think if they, uh, if they do just decide to put out, like, another Vita title. I think what you'd do is you'd probably just do like the sequel to Ghost of Tsushima just on the Vita. I think that would probably be the better Ghost of Oh, and you can like cook Ghost of Ghost of Sous Vita. <laughs> and then you can cook it in the sous vide. Yeah, the Mongols get in the uh in the, the hot thing and you put a sous vide in there and heat it up and boil them to death. 
I think get in the uh, hot spring. Yeah. I would just want to blow my brains out right now. You invite. Hey, me. you you can take the reins back anytime. Can I? Can can I do that? Can, is that okay with you guys? I'm gonna. Yeah, go ahead. I will stop talking. <laughs> um. All right. Well, uh, I think probably the. I mean, I guess the thing that we need to move on to is uh, I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase this. Uh, Right now, Sony is still considering itself the place to play the best games, right? Like that's probably if I if I were at Sony, that's probably where I would take my marketing instead of being like, yeah, this is a. this is just a place to play games. It should be like, this is the place to play the best games and the best games that they have are their exclusives. Uh, but Xbox is right on their ass with that. And nobody likes to talk about this, but Nintendo never puts out a exclusive that is under probably like an eight. You know what I mean? Like they just don't, they don't put out garbage. They put out good games. Um, is Sony going to be able to maintain their status going forward? I mean, considering where we see both Xbox and Nintendo, like how, how do you guys foresee that? I, I that's a good question. Cause like, I, I do think, they will, I, you're already seeing it, right? Like, I think they don't, they, they err on the side of quality, right? And I think they are, they have franchises that they know are very good and that are, you know, essentially, I don't want to call them like system sellers, but they're they're really good franchises, right? And I, I think I can point to something like Ratchet, the recent Ratchet and Clank. I know, Josh, you've played it, but like, that's a really good game. That's a really, really good game. And, mm-hmm. and it's been a while since I've sort of laughed at that dumb humor and that type of almost like Pixar-y animation of a game. And to just see that on, you know, like a big screen, my home big screen, and playing that was a, it was a modern marvel to me where I, I just, every second of that game was fun and good, and I enjoyed the writing, and I enjoyed the whole story of it. As you know, sort of as cheesy as it could be, it was very, it was very video gamey. It was you know, go here and get this, go there and get this. Oh no, the bad guy! Like it was very much that sort of formula. But it was a solid, solid experience, and and I, I really don't see them deviating from that formula or those mechanics. And, and I think, I think that's maybe something that's ingrained into the studios or, or sort of the overall like mindset of, of PlayStation, right. Is, is we do not want to put out something that is subpar. And I, mm-hmm. again, I, I point to something like Spider-Man and I look at that game and say, there, there is, a fantastic representation of one of my favorite superheroes. And not only did they do that 
once and was super successful with it. They did it again with Miles Morales, and they made that feel fresh enough where I super enjoyed the story. I super enjoyed the gameplay. Miles, I think it was actually probably, I think Miles was more fun to play as than Peter. And I want to continue on with that. I want to see what happens next in that universe. I I do feel like they put together some really solid well-developed games and and say what you will about the last of us say what you will about you know some of these games that have um maybe like people are mixed on but that game had a solid solid stealth section that i think pretty much rivals that of metal gear solid 5 those stealth like if you wanted to play that way in in the last of us 2 those stealth scenarios felt awesome. I felt like I was in control and I was baiting people into scenarios where it could only go wrong for them. And it just, it felt very good from a gameplay perspective. Uh, I mean, I could wax poetic about a lot of these different games out there, but I, I know some of, some people may look at them and say like, ah, oh, God of War was a little like, it was too soulsy, you know, for me, it kind of went in that direction as opposed to just the button mashy character action game that it used to be but but i appreciated that they went in a different direction with it and again not to mention like that game made me buy uh neil gaiman's norse mythology to like see what was going on in norse mythology because it was so rooted in this beautiful world and i i think this is where and I, I don't not to like poo-poo on on Xbox here, but I think this is where Xbox really falters is that their games are very safe. And I say safe being like they they execute on a lot of the same mechanics. They execute on a lot of the same, you know, beats here and there. I, I'm not enthralled by the world of Gears of War. I, I'm not like Halo is very cool to me. I think that's awesome, but I'm not like encapsulated in it and despite the fact that they made like six of them i I just i i haven't gravitated towards something like that but sony seems to make these games that that compel you to see more of them uncharted is another fantastic franchise that you look at and you say like i'm i wonder how this you know roguish asshole is going to get out of this situation again when he continues to treasure hunt I, I I do think that they're really good storytellers. And I think that 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 shouldn't be discounted at all when you look at sort of the production of these games. They, they do focus on these areas that you know will will carry a message or at least will kill, keep you enthralled or engaged with a title. But um, I don't know. It's it's tough. Like I. I I just look at those games and I sit there and say, like, I would love to see what another Ratchet and Clank looks like. Despite despite all of, you know, whatever direction they take it in, like, Rivet was a really cool character. Just, you know, give me a Rivet game then, you know, to do it that way. But I don't know. If you're looking for stories on the Xbox, let me tell you about a game called Quantum Break. <laughs> Dude, I love Quantum Break. I, th- I genuinely think that game is underrated. I didn't actually play. I got like an hour in. I don't think but, it was well, actually rated. <laughs> I'm a huge Remedy fan, though, so. I like playing TV shows, too. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Having to keep waking up my controller while the, the video is playing. 
Those are the I'll best parts of anything. control. I'm so excited for con- another control. Even the control multiplayer? That, and I think they're they're exploring, like, more... Aren't they exploring, like, another... I think the next one's going to be Alan Wake, but it's connected. Like, they already connected that to control, so who knows how much... The, which, which way it'll go. They're oh, supposedly the making... Um, they're supposedly making a Alan Wake remake uh, with... Alan Wake 2, then they're also working on a Control 2, a multiplayer component to Control, and that uh, single-player shit for the Korean game, uh, Crossfire. So I'm not not putting too much stock into that. Yeah. Have you played Crossfire? Shit going on. Is is Crossfire good? (laughs) (laughs) It's there. It's a, it's a it's a do you like call of duty is it a video game adaptation of the board game crossfire if you like call of duty you should um definitely give call of duty a shot okay <laughs> it's funny remedy announced all of this stuff i i would say probably maybe only a month or two after i platinumed control so they probably found out about that and were like oh yeah this guy really likes this game we really should reward him so I feel like that's probably what happened. Oh, wait, hold on. Am I, t- am I saying something wrong? Is Crossfire not a- out at all? I know the single player is not. I thought the... Mo- what did I play? The multiplayer has been out uh, Okay, yeah. for a while, I think. I played it somewhere. But, yeah, it's... it's. Oh, this I don't know. That, that game. <laughs> this yep. looks like a game, huh? Wow. Yeah, so, um, <clears throat> actually, hang on, real quick aside, that's a team that I really want Microsoft to buy uh, as a uh, remedy. Remedy? Oh, uh, save them from... Uh, fucking loves Xbox and loves Remedy, I would love that. Only reason I don't see that happening uh, is because of, sorry, Quantum Break. I think that didn't, I think there's a reason that that, after that game, they went to multi-platform. Oh, yeah, I agree. It, wait, do you think it quantum broke them? Please, please. So I think there's a reason that they... Um... <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it uh, somehow it almost feels like a bungee situation where the studio was working with Microsoft. Everything was good. And then they left. And they were like, we're free. And they went multi-platform. And now they're with 505 Games. And 505 Games seems to be making really dumb decisions. On their behalf. Yeah. That's kind of a shame. But I don't know. They've only put out one game with them. So maybe the next one will get it right. I don't know. But it's... Yeah, I don't know. Xbox is one to watch because of right now because of acquisitions. PlayStation is one to watch because of what they're doing literally in any department. Yeah, mm. internally. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so weird because, like, if you really think about sort of, like, the, the Genesis, I realize it. I love the Genesis. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. Um, Did you see Sega put out a new Genesis? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Fantasy Star Online? Um, if you look at the beginning of sort of when the, this rivalry really began, 
uh, it was a lot of like we need to we we we're competing in a certain way, right? We're competing to get these boxes sold, and you know we we have Halo, and you have you know Jack and Daxter or something. Like you know it was it was totally different here, and now it's just it's gotten to this point where it's like the directions are so different between these two houses that it's like not that anybody could win and winning isn't really the the strategy here right it's it's to be competitive it's just the the goal is to remain competitive but it's just so weird to see these different strategies being utilized in different ways and we're getting such weird results out of it you know like we're getting such differing pathways towards success and it's just it's it blows my mind to see it that way and i think i feel like the one per, the one player out of all of this who's kind of like laughing and sitting there like oh you two are you two go punch it out in the schoolyard is nintendo mm. <laughs> they're the ones who are like we're gonna release that new switch that apparently everybody's pissed off about and guess what it's gonna sell because people just buy switches yeah, you know what? I, I was actually thinking about Nintendo. If we go back to PR a little bit, how okay at, at Xbox, I know a ton of the people that work there. I know a ton of that structure. I know a ton of the, you know the studio heads and all that, and they're just they're out there all the time, and it feels like personalities. At Nintendo, as much as every single one of their shows feels like an intro to public speaking class, <laughs> it's you recognize them and there's personality. Sony not only stopped going to E3 and doing anything like that, they've just switched to this new system of just, we're going to put up a, a cluster of videos and like, it doesn't feel personal. It feels very much like the big company is going to kind of throw you a bone and you're going to buy it kind of like thing. Brother, it's like big brothery. Yeah. There's no, Jim I mean, on Jim Ryan, yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying like the others are, are super innovative because like, you know, with Nintendo watching their directs, like you could almost you would probably die if you played a drinking game where every time they show a trailer, they cut back to somebody and they stand there and go, well, what did you think? Like you would. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> it's it's every time it's the same inflection every time from no matter who's saying it. It's so weird. I would love to hear that guy just start saying like the most random things. Like, I have a cat, I have a tiger locked. I know. In the cage. I, like, I want to find out if he's like an English anime dub guy of just the worst kind of. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. You're going to find out 10 years from now, he was like, I used to be the voice of the Disney Channel. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, <laughs> you, but no, like I, <laughs> continue. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to bring it back to the. <laughs> but no, I, I just think that Sony really needs to be more fun. I guess if that makes sense, they need oh, a champion. No. They need like a public champion. They need somebody like Xbox has Phil. Phil is like he. he Phil is every like one of your best friend's dads that like you wish was your secretly wish was your dad. Like you like, he plays video games. Like, why don't you play video games, dad? And your dad's just like, get a job. But 
like you have that with with Nintendo. I feel like you know with certain things like they have uh, who's the Smash guy Sakurai. Like they have him locked somewhere in a basement and bring him out to see sunlight and his family every once in a while. But they they sort of have like their own characters tell the story for them, right? Or and they used to have Reggie. They used to have Reggie being like the the voice of God for them. But Sony doesn't have anybody. And and even in the past, the 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 folks who ran that business were like you said, like very much in the beginning of the the whole show here was like they're just business people, right? Like, you know, I remember Jack Tretton when I think, I think it was Uncharted 2 or 3, like the trailer came out. <laughs> the trailer drops and he just goes, after it drops, he just goes, we're going to sell a lot of those. <laughs> That's a really nice thing to say to like all the players there. Like there was a rub your hands together and be like, I can't wait to make that money off of you idiots. Like there was a brief moment with the, this is how you share games on PS4. Yeah. Where suddenly everybody went, Oh wait, was that a joke? That was funny. Like they meant to be funny and they were funny. Like there was a brief moment where you were his name. Uh, not Adam boys, the other guy who was, who was the other guy, Japan man. Yeah. He like, Remember he was in like he was DLC as part of a game like that guy like bring him back like the fact that we can't even remember his name is disgusting because like I, it's been he, he's, he's the guy he's what's his name Josh I know you know he's the guy that went to indies uh, uh Shuhei Yoshida Shuhei Yoshida oh yeah dude was the man but but again that's back when people you could tell they played the games yeah. And they were having fun and they were enjoying themselves and that kind of it felt like the fun console, you know, versus the you can buy Star Trek tickets on your TV console. I'm going to start a petition and I want everyone here to sign it. Josh, we're going to make you the new face of PlayStation. How do you feel about I'm that? down with that? I'll I'll kill it. Microsoft will be dead in a couple of years. <laughs> when people ask you, like, hey, what do you think of that Remedy studio? And you'd be like, I don't have no comment. <laughs> no comment. And then they're bought the next day. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've, uh, we've talked a lot about the exclusives and stuff like that. I think the only other thing that I think really probably needs to get said is uh, obviously Game Pass is a gigantic boon for Microsoft. It's just killing for them uh does sony need to answer and if so how i i'm sorry does sony answer what does sony have to answer game pass do they have to have their own that's really the the the, (laughs) that's the i can't remember the name of the game show but they're they're sixty four thousand dollar $10,000. That's the double dare question. Um, you know, it's like, I, 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 that's right. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think they can. I really don't. I don't think financially they can. I don't think they can go that direction unless they're absolutely forced. And I think that's kind of why PlayStation now is like being propped up on life support almost. It's just it's it's back there. It's in their pocket. People subscribe to it for some reason. And it's just, you know, if they have to, they can. 
But I don't think they have to, and I don't think they will. And so hopefully in they hopefully they come up with something different. Hopefully they respond by coming up with something like like right now all we can see is Game Pass is it, but hopefully they respond by coming up with something even cooler or something that really defines their end of things. Um and I don't think I don't think that's a bad strategy because at this point, I mean again, look at look at what the overall numbers are. PlayStation Plus Right, the plus subscription is forty-seven point six million subscribers. That's a healthy amount of people subscribe to that that um, that service. PlayStation Now, three point two million. So at this point, like even if you did pivot and change the name or or re-strategized it, are you really upsetting that many customers at that point? You know what? You give those three point whatever million subscribers a free month of whatever the new thing is, and I guarantee you they'll probably say like, okay, whatever. But like they have the ability or the the I think the the clout to be able to pivot and, and think of something new. But at three point two million, like that's it, what what was the last or what are the rumored? Uh, <coughs> Game Pass numbers at this point, it's like 20-something. 20, yeah. It, you know, like, that's, like, and it continues to grow. And I, I guarantee you it's gone since E3. Right. So, so yeah. It, it, it's, I don't, I don't know, I don't necessarily know if they have to, like, you know, unless they're, like you said, if they're truly pinned into a corner, then it's like, we have to make a decision. I think at this point, they still they still do well enough on their, their full price software sales that I think it's, it's working. I think the real challenge is going to be when cloud becomes a true staple, when cloud becomes a real consideration and they have to have a solution. Cause right now, like I said, Xbox is hitting the gas pedal on a, a lot of different areas, cloud being one of them. And there are, there are advancements you can, you know, you'll see the articles of them advancing their, their strategy in cloud. Google proved that, that it could work. They just, they fell so hard on their face with, you know, the, the software strategy and what they had there. My personal thing is, at that point, if, if I were Sony, I don't know if I'd want to approach Google at that point or have them approach us or you know, me at that point. But I, I would want to strike some kind of deal with them and say, we have the games, you have the tech. Let's make something like this. Stop. Don't call it Stadia. Don't call, do not call it that. But let's find a way to, that you power our cloud solution because that's the only way we're going to be competitive. And, you know, maybe... I'm almost wondering... It, but, like, I don't know. I'm almost wondering if at this point, if they end up... I don't know how this would work, but I've thought about this for a while. Like maybe if Sony partners with Google and Google, you know, because Google doesn't know what they're doing, but if Google takes over the cloud end of things and then PlayStation games go to that and it kind of becomes one service or something, I don't know. But it almost seems like if they want to get into cloud at this point, they need to partner with someone, which technically they did partner with Xbox, but that's a different thing or with Microsoft, but Right, on a different, yeah. On Azure, but it, it, it feels like partnerships are their big go-to right now, where Xbox can afford to acquire a ton of studios. Sony has to go out there and fund games that are going to be exclusive, and that's the draw. 
And, you know, you mentioned earlier, is Sony invincible? And I think as long as they keep putting out quality games, there's always going to be an argument to get a PlayStation. And, you know, I think back to when the PS3 came out, and I think it was Bill Gates said he was being interviewed about something. It may have not been Bill Gates. I don't know. But that I really love my wife. That Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, uh, oh, what's his face? Bomber came out and just started screaming. <laughs> Developers in the background. Um, uh, but, but I think it was Bill Gates that said something to the effect of, you know, for the price of a PS3 at $600, you can get a 360 and you can get a Wii and get a couple games. And for this generation, you're set if you have those two consoles. And I almost feel like PlayStation's best bet is to be the console you have in addition to your other consoles. Right. You know, I have my Xbox or I have my xCloud subscription or I have my Switch, but I also have a PlayStation because they put out some nice games and also they're getting a bunch of exclusive stuffs you know, exclusive things that are only going to be there. So yeah, I'll get a PlayStation if I can have that. And that's kind of the place they're sitting, unless you're just, all you have is a PlayStation, in which case you're still fine. It's not like you're having a bad time with just a PS5, but where all three of these platforms feel like they're carving out their own spaces, Sony's just, just not, not that this is their plan, but just stepping back, it looks like the thing you're going to have just kind of with your other stuff and you'll play their exclusives or maybe that's your main console, whatever, but you're going to have something else and it doesn't hurt them for you to have something else. Yeah. It, it's to Phil's point, the idea of like, Hey, everybody's playing. So it doesn't matter. You know, like it doesn't matter what they're playing as long as you're in the house like that will help, you know, like that will be, you'll, you'll be part of the winning strategy. Like, I could see that making sense. I, I think, I, I think too, I think Sony will, you know, there, there sort of needs to be a Sony because you do have the third party publishers, you know, like the Activisions and, and those, those of the world that still need to, you know, distribute games on something, right? Like, you know, you still have to, people are still going to buy, you know, maybe they won't buy, but like, you know, Call of Duty will still be available. Warzone will still be available on all types of, um, you know, devices, whether it's PC, Sony, Xbox, maybe not Nintendo, but you know, the, the third party, the third parties are going to be, they're going to have to play nice with Sony or Sony's going to have to play nice with them, which again, begs the question of like, why are they being such dicks towards Indies? But you know, it's, they, the, the culture, I think, I think the culture has to change of like, we're Sony, you approach us. I think they have to start getting out there and saying, like, how can we start making some real good decisions and partnerships with those out there? Like, because otherwise, I, I think they're just going to get, they're, they're just going to keep making their own games until one of them really, really bombs. And then, you know, there's a slew of like really, really bad games that come out. And they order 1887. And- right. Though I would like to see a sequel to that, I, I mean, also would. I mean, that game wasn't like a game; it was sort of like a, a walking. Maybe it could actually fill the screen this time. It was a Victorian walking simulator, <laughs> like, with but, occasional uh, shooty bits. 
oh man, that Fermanite gun was so cool. And you only use yeah. it like, the, like there was like two clips in the entire game. That was it. Like and clips, not like I'm not saying like video clips. I'm like literal magazines for the gun. There are only like two of them in the game. But that was a cool gun. I want Neil Bloomcamp, the guy from District Nine, to make the eight, the order eighteen eighty seven. I want him to like think of Victorian weapons that they would use to fight werewolves and vampires. You know what's a funny story I heard the other day? I was talking about that Marty O'Donnell interview. Mm-hmm. And he said that some of the guys that work at Bungie or used to work at Bungie can't even watch District 9 because so much of that movie came from sessions they had where they were trying to figure out the Halo movie. Like, literally, the guns in District 9 are Halo guns with a couple new things propped on it and painted white. <laughs> that really pisses me off. <laughs> I know. (laughs) It's like because the Halo movie fell under, they were like, well, we got all this stuff. I don't know. Not to not to take it in a different direction. But did you ever see Elysium? I have not seen the only one of his movies I saw of that run was Chappie, which is probably the worst of the three. (laughs) It's not. Although it's relevant because Chappie had that scene where they put like 400 PS4s wired together as a supercomputer. So. Um, Relevant. Elysium had like really like there was like one gun that just shot like electricity and it was really really cool but yep <laughs> also uh, guys don't forget we haven't even mentioned Amazon Luna this entire time that's oh, also yeah. another, that's on the scene too the secret the secret dark horse winner here <laughs> I like the way uh, I was listening to his new podcast on Giant Bomb Jeff Grubb today and uh he said amazon what he, what he thinks happened at amazon is they decided to get into gaming and then they realized that to really effectively develop games that they need to have enough exclusives and to build up all those studios and everything they would basically have to double the employee count of amazon or they would need like 50 percent more people and the, as soon as they got in they were like wait we need what why are and the investors are like we're doing this for video what are you talking about why are we doing this and things <laughs> And the shoulders yeah. were like, I thought we had Twitch. <laughs> yeah, and things like that are why, well, Twitch is burning right now uh, or drowning in a hot tub. But it's 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 almost impossible to imagine at this point that you're ever going to see something like Sega again, like how Sega fell. Like, I don't think, I think these, these three brands, the closest that we've gotten is Microsoft and they've turned it around. And it's like, I can't see 10 years from now the big three not still being the big three. I can't see another company edging their way in, and I can't see any of these three falling completely out. So it's kind of just a matter of how successful they are in the meantime, I guess. I, I think I think that's a hundred percent accurate. Like that that they will and it's like to what I said before, like they will execute on their strategies. They're gonna be very different. There are going to be people on either side of the fence who are going to say, like, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Like, but they will succeed. And I think it's it comes down again. It comes down to like, hey, is the game fun? Yeah. Like, is do I have an a easily accessible way of playing it? Yeah. Like, OK, then you're you're pretty much solid at that point. But I can't imagine any one of these getting into a situation of like, 
well, you know, like an in, in news today, Nintendo goes bankrupt. Like, I don't see that end up ending up being the situation at all. What was it? I think it was like when the Wii U came out, people were like, oh, Nintendo's done. And somebody was like, they could literally not make a new product for 100 years and they'd be fine. Yeah. Like with how much money they have versus how much they spend. Like, yeah, I don't think these companies are going anywhere. The only, again, Sony is is PlayStation effectively. I mean, they make cameras and stuff and TVs, but their main thing is uh, the PlayStation. Nintendo is the console. Microsoft is the only one that might have killed it because it is kind of a small side project, but it's not. It's proven itself valuable to them. I just don't see them going anywhere. So almost in a way, it feels like. Sony right now has the most room to expand and, and experiment because Nintendo's kind of I mean, it's like Nintendo is making handheld consoles right now. Like they can't not do that. They can't come out with their next console and it's not a handheld. Also, a TV console like the Switch is the Nintendo now. Of course, they've backtracked on stuff before, too, so maybe they will and people will be mad. But, like, they've all... Nintendo and Microsoft feel like they have definitive paths right now, whereas PlayStation feels like they're kind of still back near the starting line, and they're doing really well, but they haven't really progressed that much. They're still doing kind of the same thing they've been doing, and so they have the most room now to try new things, and I hope they do. (laughs) It's like to your analogy on the last episode that we were on, if Microsoft is building a race car, Sony's pretty happy in their Toyota. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're pretty happy. They're out for a Sunday drive. Yeah, skirting along. And then Nintendo's like, we have this really cool bicycle. <laughs> Everybody get your bicycle. It's a bicycle that becomes like a fucking motorcycle. But it becomes a tricycle. Oh shit! Look, it becomes that reverse trike motorcycle thing that people, old people, were supposed to drive now or something. Yeah. Do you think Whatever somebody the then just goes is. like, "Here we go," like you know? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Like the Mario. I'm sorry, the Mario. I'm sorry, the what? I um, we say it the right way up here. You know, I noticed that I noticed that people say Mario, but they don't say Wario. It it yeah, it's because it's yeah. a different accent. <laughs> oh okay, <laughs> a different dialect. <laughs> different Luigi dialect. Mario and Luigi. Ay 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 yeah. What the fuck was that? A Princess Peach. Like slips on a banana peel, right? I'm a Is that... All right, let's get out of here. You gotta go. You got no. This is fun. I'm having a good time. I don't need to go. <laughs> Hold on. We've got some poll results. Oh, we got oh, more shit. poll results. This okay. Pod poll results. All right, let's see here. Uh, on Instagram, I surveyed a crowd of... How many people answered? Eight people. Eleven people saw it. Eight people answered. That's great. Uh, okay, uh, I asked, would you rather play a PS5 or OD on the Crack Rock? And uh, 37% chose the Crack Rock. Versus 63 for play a PS5. So that skews right. That tells you something. Okay, now this one I actually got some interesting input on because I was going to go after Josh for this one, but okay. I said, should Sony change the name of the PlayStation to stop people from saying gay station? (laughs) Now, I got 62% said no to 38% yes. 
And I originally, Josh was the only one who voted no. And I was going to say, okay, Josh, you don't want to get rid of homophobic slurs. That's real nice. Uh, and then I got a message from Bren who said it's representation. So apparently we're in favor of that now. I don't know. It's representation. Yes. Stations. Stations everywhere. Uh, okay, then I asked, is Sony finally going to find happiness and love? Uh, 75% said no. <laughs> so, it was 100% for a while, so at least somebody said yes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Some Somebody, some set. Bren and Red Blue Blur. Little optimists. Those two. Optimists there. Uh, and then I asked, is Sony failed to know because Japan or maybe... I got 63% said yes. I have no idea what the fuck that even means. That was what? the uh, that was the haiku that we made. If that didn't make sense, <laughs> if that didn't make sense and you're currently smelling a burning smell, you should go to the hospital. I always smell burning. Because of my burning desire for PlayStation. Yeah. Oh, see, they will find love and happiness. Good. I think it's because my brain is dying slowly. Well, I don't know. According to Discord, you're sitting there playing the Master Chief Collection, so it's a good, uh, good PlayStation podcast here. Great PlayStation podcast, the most PlayStation of all PlayStations. Uh, well, we did it. We did it. Did we? No, not really. We we. We did something. I don't know if we did it, though. We should do this again on... Uh, all I know is... Discuss the ColecoVision. All I know is that what we did has no limits. Yeah? Just like yeah. PlayStation? Yeah. You guys want to go ahead and knock out a uh, State of Stadia podcast real quick? It's dead. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. Dead. <laughs> and go. Dead. Um, yeah. Uh, well... Do you guys have anything that you would like to plug before we get out of here? This leak in my sink. Oh, what's going on? Hey, Uncle Sal's here. No, Why is New York I, the worst place? It's actually um, top five uh, places. Is it? That's it. Is it really? There's places. It's not. So it's not. It's not. The, so you all confuse it with like, oh, the city is the worst. The city is pretty bad, but uh, I live on Long Island, and that can be a true horror show. But, yeah, I don't have anything really to plug outside of my newsletter that I write every morning called The Paper Trails. You can subscribe to it. I write about general news that's going on in the world, kind of highlighting some key articles or key things that go on with a couple of little funny things sprinkled in here and there. I kind of write in a very interesting voice. If you like hearing my voice, you can read it every morning. Uh, but that's all I got. Uh, well, all right. Mr. Mr. Beasy. Gay station sucks. <laughs> nailed it. Fucking nailed it. You are those people in GameStop. No, I'm not, but after that Xbox episode where I got pigeonholed as an Xbox fanboy, I'm just embracing I started I started having a moment where I looked over to my left here and I've got an original Xbox underneath a 360 underneath a Series X 
and I've got an Xbox shirt, FanFest shirt in the closet, and I went through my old photos, and it's all Xbox, and I was like, I think I might be an Xbox fanboy. I don't know. I don't know when that happened, but... Do you have, like, uh, like a Tyler Durden-esque Phil, Phil Spencer hanging around you, too? Where I've got a framed photo on the wall. I don't know if that's... Uh-oh. Him and Major Nelson. Major Nelson. I hold it like Wolverine sometimes. Oh, my. All right. Um... Well, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bob Hunting Pixels and the Culture Bob Whoa, Hunting Whoa, he woke up. Content. He did the thing. He did the thing. He did the thing, indeed. Um, so, uh, you can find Culture Bop on the YouTubes where there will be a video coming this month. Uh, don't know the exact mm-hmm. date yet, but it's coming, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you can also find that whole thing on Twitter at culture underscore bop on Instagram at culture underscore bop. And there is a Facebook page that really never gets updated called the culture bop. Uh, so you can go check that out if you want. Uh, this podcast, old hunting pixels is available on Twitter at pixels hunting on Instagram at hunting pick. Hunting underscore, sorry, hunting underscore pixels CB, and uh, no, that's it. That's the only two. Um, I'm available on Twitter at the Bebopman182 on Instagram at Bebopman182 and on Twitch, where I will be streaming again soon. I am getting my schedule laid together, so um, he is available. It is true. I will be doing all kinds of stuff over there, mostly. PS1 games uh, because PS1 is the greatest console ever made. Oh, what about the PS2? Yeah, that could also play the same game and yeah, really good. Or the PS3 that could play all of them. Or the PS4 that oh wait no it can't. <laughs> That's all fine and dandy. Give us a little uh, tease of what what games you're playing on PS1. What what uh, what can we? Laser shoot Larry. You can expect uh, 100% for sure a Metal Gear Solid playthrough, uh, Parasite Eve, and I'm going to be playing some uh, obscure games called um, Lunar 1 and 2. Uh, those are some really, Hard really great anime games. Yeah, really, really great anime JRPGs, yes. Oh, don't, don't flash the Austin like bat signal here. Oh yeah. He's going to just pop in (laughs) any second anime. You said fucking anime. I love fucking. I watched three fucking animes in 30 minutes. They were so fucking good. They're so good. You need to, what you need to do is you need to get a F curse counter for him. And I'm glad that he's going to hear this because he needs to calm down with the F curses. Oh boy. You think he's bad. Wait till you get a load of me. No. We just did for two hours. It wasn't that bad. This summer, get a load of Josh as he plays Parasite Eve, Metal Gear Solid, and other PS1 classics. Damn, he's got it. Fucking nailed it. You'll always get a load from me with anime. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) And then with that. (laughs) Well, what did you think? (laughs) Uh. 
Dylan is uh, streaming again, sort of, kind of. Um, oh my god, I can't fucking focus. I just, you guys are power through. Power. Uh, he's available on Twitch at OMDizzy. He's also on Instagram and uh, uh, fucking YouTube <laughs> at OMDizzy. Finally, we come to Mr. Austin Stevens, who is available on pretty much everything at Big Papa Plays, but also has an Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore. Um, my brain is fried. You guys have completely fucked my skull at this point. Hey, you asked us here. I mean, and you no. know what? I still don't know why I'm here. I'm super underqualified to talk PlayStation. He would do it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> Well, thank you. We have a um, Magnavox Odyssey cast. Yes, that's the next one. Yeah. On, when are we doing the Jaguar cast? Oh, we got to get that new Intellivision. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That's the I end like, of the show. Sorry. <laughs> this guy is going to go on and eat fish tonight. And I am not. because. Can we do a State of Genshin? Genshin Impact? Cast. All right, that's it. We're we're done. We're good. Bye. <laughs>